Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And I tell you what, I wouldn't pay any attention to that gambling show. And we're sitting here looking at uh, <laughs> looking at Alan's new cooker and uh, <laughs> that, that he had 49 shish kebabs on last week. And I had no idea we were getting ready to go on the air. So uh sort of caught me off guard. But In, I, in the last minute, I decided to change headphones. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. So, uh, Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How you doing, Ronnie? I'm about to warm up. Uh, you probably got pretty chilly last night at the well, ball game, didn't honestly, you? Honestly, I didn't. I was in the press box. Well, sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's not heated or anything, but I guess they got a nice one over there. Well, got a, got a nice heater, and, and it was cold enough that I didn't open my window in front of me. So Better the I, team, I the better posted. the press box, I guess. Yes. Alan, how about you? How you doing? I'm doing good, gentlemen. Glad to be here this morning. I tell you what. I'm glad to be anywhere. We, uh... Still don't have a full house. Greg uh, not going to make it in today. He's still a little bit under the weather, but we'll stand by him all the way. He's got a. We'll get him a seat somewhere if he ever decides to come back. Well, I'm I'm sorry that he's not feeling well, but I'm glad to see that he did take his flu shot because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. I know Perry, you you not so much. Never had one, but he said that's what made him sick. So, and I've heard that from other people. So I you know I just. I got the sniffles. I've been coughing. I got this real raspy voice. Otherwise, I'm perfect. Well, I just I just smell racing exhaust. <laughs> That's my flu shot. <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. Well, we got a great show for you this morning. This is, uh, I guess, well, it's only our second year, but we'll call this our second annual Veterans Day show. And for um, our legend at 1020, we have Buzz McKim, which really hasn't anything to do with uh, Veterans Day. He's just a great friend of the show and former curator at the NASCAR Hall of Fame until he decided to retire from that and move down to Daytona where he's actually from. And uh, uh, now has a serious show. Oh, I mean, he's got a really big time. It's, it's on some. It's on television too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think you can stream it. It's and on um, serious radio. I mean, he has. Uh, I mean, we got a good show too, and. We're pretty much limited to who Greg knows, which is everybody just about. But he he does have, uh, I think he had Larry Leyendike on last week, who, you know, won Indy and he still holds the track record up there. Speaking of Indy, I want to get to that in just a second. But Buzz is, uh, uh, he'll be our guest at 1020. And then at 11 o'clock, we're going to play the interview that I did um, at Bud Moore's kitchen table with him when he and I wrote his biography where he details uh, some of his war exploits. We played it last year, and I'm going to play right. it next year if we have a show. Well, I've, I've heard it several times, and I never tire of hearing Well, I, I don't either, and he talks about, you know, the capture, and he and his Jeep driver captured 25 Germans and five <laughs> officers by themselves. He talks a little about right. his uh, five Purple Hearts. 
and just about the war and being a soldier in general. So it's a, it's perfect for Veterans Day, and we'll do that at 11 o'clock. But what I was going to say is, and and um, I got a text from Alan earlier in the week. I already knew about it, but I guess overall the biggest story in racing this week was Roger Penske buying not only the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but the whole IndyCar series. I mean, that's uh, some serious money and actually a serious commitment. And thinking about NASCAR, from what I understand, well, huh? Well, he got it's, that kind of money. I but, rented a truck from him one time, and I had no beef. Well, <laughs> but you think about it—you get a, you get a man that owns the, the the whole division. Then he's got racetracks too. Now you're going to be looking at other guys going. Well, is he going to cut my track out? Well, I mean, there's a. Uh, there's always that chance. There's always a chance anything could happen. But, you know, he, of course, the first thing I thought of, and, and one of the first belly aches I heard about it was, well, you know, you got a conflict of interest with his cars running in the series and then owning the series. But he's won 18 Indianapolis 500s, and I don't know how many championships. So I don't really think, I don't really think that's much of a factor. He's winning it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. The. the I guess my main concern is, you know, he's talking about improving the product, which is great. You know, I think anything pretty much can be improved. Of course, there's the old, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the only thing I heard of that really, I mean, I wouldn't have any problem with it. It would be a huge change would be putting lights at Indianapolis and running the 500 at night, which would be pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and that, that would be a big conflict with the 600. I mean, uh, well, they, no, they, they did eventually put lights at Wrigley Field and Daytona. They mm-hmm. don't have them at Talladega yet, I don't think. They don't have them at Talladega, but uh, I mean, that would be a huge change to have lights at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and run the Indianapolis 500 at night. I, you know, he didn't say he was going to do it, but you know, he didn't got the say fun. He wasn't. Yeah, he's got the funds to do it. And then the other thing that I don't like at all, and I may have to write him a sternly worded letter, is uh, he wants to guarantee spots in the Indianapolis 500, which is, I don't like guaranteed spots in NASCAR or any place, but... Neither do I. I mean, as of right now, this year they finally, of course, they start supposedly the fastest 33 cars. Well, it is the fastest 33 cars. And this year, they finally had enough cars. I think they had 36 or 37 where they had a bump day, an actual bump day where there was a little bit of drama of somebody possibly not making the race and sitting there, standing there, you know, chewing his fingernails, hoping that the guy on the track couldn't bump him out of the field. And I guess you could guarantee so many spots and still have that. But I'm just, you know, just if you can't make the field, you can't make the field. NHRA drag racing, good example right there. Top 16, go to the next day. They don't matter if you join force or not. Guess what? You're gone. You're going home. Well, the thing about Penske, and I think it was 1994, he didn't make the race. And uh, I know that, I don't think I ever saw A.J. Foyt smile as much as the year that Penske didn't make the race. And uh, it's not because his car's cracked up or, or anything. It just... I'm not gonna. I'm not positive that that was one of the years or the first year he he ran Mercedes engines, but uh, 
He didn't make the race, period. And shortly after that, they had the big split with uh, um, IndyCar and and USAC. I think it was somewhere around that period. That might have been a little bit before uh, the USAC split. But anyway, they he even went off and uh, one year there, they ran another race at Michigan on the same day as Indy 500. I think it was called the United States 500 or something. And it had like a 14-car pileup on the first lap and had to come, you know, stop the race and Everybody went to the haulers and got another car so they could even have a race. But, you know, it's pretty obvious that Penske has had this in the back of his mind for a long time. Now, I had never heard, and I absolutely take your word for it, that if he's thought about buying NASCAR. Because I don't think it's any secret that NASCARs can be had. I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to say it's for sale, but, you know, there was a lot of talk earlier about NASCAR being for sale and... uh, you know, if he can buy it, I'm sure he probably will. So uh, that'd be like you buying Cherokee Speedway. What would you do with it? Uh, I'd, I'd race. <laughs> Every Saturday night. Every Saturday night, bulls, we're going to race. Uh, another bit of news. Um, on a sad note, one of our local drivers passed away, uh, I think it was Wednesday, Joe Little John Jr. Now, a lot of people know Joe Little John Sr., who... Uh, I, the first book I wrote, I referred to him as the the grandfather of Spartanburg Auto Racing. He well, wasn't, I, I think he was too. Well, he wasn't the first guy to sponsor. I mean, to uh, promote the races at the fairgrounds, but he was, I, I think, without question, the most famous. He promoted the uh, uh, races there from uh, well, the first one they had was in 1953, an actual Grand National race through 1966. But he was a famous figure. I know. Uh, he is in the photograph of the original meeting at the Ebony Lounge in the Streamline Hotel in Daytona in, uh, on, on December, uh, I think it was 17th, 1947, when they formed NASCAR. And Joe Littlejohn sitting there, you know, big as life and had a lot to do with it. And uh, in the forming of NASCAR, he was the first guy to run 100 miles an hour on the beach when they used to do the straight line qualifying runs in a... In a Pure stock car, and but that's his dad. Joe was a local driver, good friend of mine. He uh, graduated from Spartanburg High School in 1970, just like I did. And while I was away doing other things, the 25 years I was out of Spartanburg, Joe uh, was really a pretty pretty good local driver. And I know he back when they had the I-85 Speedway, he used to. I think that was his main venue that he raced at. And uh, is that where you said you helped him out one time, Alan? Yes, it was. He uh, come by my house one day. I then got out of racing a little bit and was got back in a little bit doing a little bit of electrical work. And uh, looked up one day and man come driving up my driveway and got out, walked up, knocked on my door. And I walked to the door and it was him. And he wanted me to come help him just a little bit. But I told him I'd think about it. But. The more I thought about it, I told my wife, I said, man, it's, man, it drives up to my house instead of just calling you on the phone. He must be pretty serious. That's right. And so, I uh, guarantee you Joe was serious about it. So I went down there and kind of helped him out a little bit. Next thing I know, we was winning a few races. And he uh, 
having a little place up at Lake Bowen. He said, boy, we're going to have us a big party tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, he, did you send me that picture of his car? Or somebody sent me a picture of his car, and it was sponsored by Pizza Inn or Pizza L- Hut? Little, C- no, Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Mr. Malott. Yeah. I never. I got a, the next day. I got a card from Mr. Malott. Said uh, got free pizza for you. You just bring, present this card to my any of my pizza places, and you get free pizza. So I looked at my wife. I said, "This is getting to be a pretty good thing." <laughs> <laughs> now, Joe, uh, he had a landscaping business. That's where I knew him um, most recently. Well, actually, most recently, I met him at his landscaping business because in nineteen. 19- of 19 and 2012 is when i did that uh, history of auto racing in spartanburg county at the chapman center we had him on the show back then when we did the remote there that time when we did dropping the hammer with dale wilkerson and uh, joe was on the show and he also um at that time loaned us a bunch of stuff to put in the museum and he had an old house there Right across from the Spink Station, if you go up number nine, and I don't know, what's that road that forks off to the right? Parish Bridge Road. All right, right there on the on the west side of uh, number nine, he had a, his uh, uh, landscaping business, a dump truck, and probably a backhoe or, or whatever you call those things, a front loader, and a whole bunch of mulch, and had him a little trailer there, and he also had a house, and he would uh, he had a bunch of racing memorabilia stored in that house. And he said, well, I got a few things. Let's go over here and see what we can find. And we tore that place upside down trying to find the plans that I think the guy's name, I don't know his first name, was Money Penny. The plans that Mr. Money Penny had made, and he designed the, the Daytona, Indianapolis, the Daytona International Speedway. He had made plans for the racetrack here in Spartanburg, mm-hmm. two-mile oval. It's in Talladega now, which is yep. 2.6. in Fairmont. Well, he had the plans, and we looked everywhere for those plans and couldn't find them, the blueprints. He said, I saw them not that long ago. We keep looking, we'll find it, but we never did find it. Uh, one thing we did find that was fascinating to me was Joe Littlejohn Sr., his dad, had a racing uh, organization called, uh, I think it's, it's spelled out like Scar or Scara or something like that, which isn't too good for, you know, racing, I guess. But it was like the South Carolina Auto Racing Association. And um, he had a point standings one year, and he had all the original records just in one folder, you know, uh, like you, you used to do a report in high school with, you know, with the metal clips and everything. You punch mm-hmm. the holes. And the names on there, like Gober Soulsby and Curtis Turner and Joe Eubanks, had results for all the races and the schedule. Even had the receipt in there for a 1947, I guess it was, 46 Oldsmobile that they gave the champion. That was bought, I think it was bought at R.E. Foil in Spartanburg, which I remember R.E. Foil as being a Pontiac dealer, Pontiac Cadillac. Because Ellis Murphy, who I used to work for him too, bought the... Pontiac Cadillac dealership from R.E. Foil, if I'm not mistaken. I think they even was some relation there, but relationship there by marriage. And, of course, that was right there. And the building's still there. And I think it still says uh, Vic Bailey used cars right there across from the Main Street Motel on uh, West Main Street. Right before you get to where the steeple used to be. Right right before you get to where uh, Jack Smith's garage was. 
uh, transmission service. But anyway, and it was fascinating just to look at those old uh, uh, records of the um, that racing series and, and that they having that receipt in there for a 47 Oldsmobile, I think it cost $1,500. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when they started making cars again after the war. So, uh, anyway, Joe did put that in the museum and, and I actually copied each page of it in, uh, you know, in, in color and I've got it on my computer just to, just to have it because it was, you know, a lot of the things Joe had were just pretty slipshod thrown around and like like I said, we couldn't find the plan, so I, I figured, well, if I don't copy this, maybe it'll get lost forever. So, but um, anyway, we lost Joe Wednesday, I believe it was. Greg called up and told me that he'd passed away. Uh, we'll bring him up again a little bit later, and I'll give you some details on um, on his on his uh, visitation and the service and everything. But right now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get Buzz McKim on here and then talk about. Uh, I mean, talk about a real historian. I, I, I claim to be one, but he's a professionally paid historian and uh, and a great guy and very uh, very gracious to come on our show. So let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk to uh, Buzz McKim. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Now say this out loud as you're driving around in your car. Fox Sports 1400 has Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd back to back. Dan Patrick at 9, Colin Cowherd at noon. You hit the nail on the head. This is Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Every now and then we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to decompress at Watery Lake RV. Enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks! 
If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Type. Drive for $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Type for only $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or a new 2020 Nissan Road. For only $229 a month during Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan. You can get rock bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or you can see all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Places for 479 for more details. F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network has now made its way to Rova. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training located at 4795 South Church Street in Rova or call at 864-810-4528. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershop if so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. This is Derek Scott, the voice of the game. Gamecocks, and you're listening to Spartanburg's home for South Carolina sports. Fox Sports 1400, now on FM 98.3. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 in Spartanburg and around the world on the Listen In app and it's my great pleasure to welcome back a real friend of the show, a gentleman I've known for a few years and uh, am honored to know, and that's Mr. Buzz McKim. Good morning, Buzz. Well, good morning. How are you guys doing? Well, we're a little chilly up here in Spartanburg. I think it was a toasty 36 degrees when I came in the studio. How, how are things down on uh, down in Daytona? Oh, man, it's perfect, perfect. It's um, probably yeah, maybe about 60 or so, but... It- it's just right. My wife says it's still too cold. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you can't get much. You can get a little further south. He has south. become a true Floridian. Yes, yes. yes. You yes. can go to Key West. <laughs> You've got a little bit more room to move south. But uh, great for you to come on the show, Buzz. We really appreciate it. And uh, sorry Greg couldn't be here this morning, but he uh, he took his flu shot and got sick. So that's why. Oh, I don't, Lord. That's one of the reasons I don't get one. I don't I don't know about you. But uh, no, uh-huh. I, we're... Um, Pleased to have you on the show. Let me ask you a question right off the top now. This is sort of our, uh, it's not sort of, it is our annual Veterans Day show, and we have a great piece coming up with Bud Moore at 11 o'clock. But can you, uh, I I know they have the flyovers and a lot of military uh, interaction with, uh, you know, from race to race and different tracks and everything. Can you give us some sort of insight into uh, how the the military has, interacted with nascar over the years and and maybe some other racers that were veterans of course we all know about red byron 
Oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. And uh, uh, also, I'll tell you, another guy who had a tremendous story to tell uh, as far as the military was Raymond Parks. Right. Uh, he was the owner, the car owner. Now, he spent 109 days in a foxhole in Belgium. And uh, I'm sure he was a little short on creature comforts. And uh, Now, that was the Battle of the Balls, right? Uh, yes, sir. I believe it was. But uh, yeah, for me, the, the 800-pound gorilla has to be Bud Moore. I don't think anybody I had ever heard of had been through so much and had accomplished so much, too. He He's tremendous, head, head and shoulders over almost anybody you can imagine. But there was a lot of uh, uh, patriotism, if you will, and uh, uh, participation in, in the war, Second World War. As, as subsequent generations came along, there was less and less participation but back in world war ii everybody was involved and uh uh Junie dunlevy uh, he was in the navy tim flock was in the army uh, i think his brother Fabi was in the army bill france senior he was a little too old to be drafted and plus he was married and had two kids so he helped the war effort by building sub chasers at the local uh boatyard here in daytona that's right uh-huh. and you know um I think I read, and I've, you know, I'm like you, I've, I read everything I can get my hands on and some of the great biographies that are out there about, you know, about Wendell Scott, who was in the Army. I think he was in Patton's Tank Corps. And, yes. uh, yep. uh, and, and some of the others, Curtis Turner was in the Navy. But uh-huh. a lot of these guys, um, when they came back from the war, I mean, probably a lot of the lesser known guys that we just, uh, their names are lost to history. Uh-huh. They didn't have the you know, you come back from the war, I guess things are kind of dull. And one of, oh, yeah. the, one of the things they could do to spice up their life was to get involved in something dangerous and exciting like auto racing, especially as it was right after World War II. Oh, yeah, really. And, uh, you know, Chris Economaki had mentioned that on several occasions, too, that you had a whole different breed of, of driver after the war because, you know, they had been through hell, basically, and, and they were looking for that high, and... And they were probably uh, more fearless than any other generation. Right. And uh, you know, and also there were some drivers who were who were active. Like there was a fellow named George Green that raced in the early sixties. Sergeant Green. Star. Sergeant Green. Yeah, Sergeant Green. And then also Roy Maine. Now he was a an Air Force sergeant. He was active duty, and he raced in the sixties. And uh, but now uh, uh, several NASCAR modified champ, Buck Stevens. Well, his real name is Carl Bergman because when he was in the service, his uh, CEO would not let him race. <laughs> so he raced under a different name, and he ran under the name of Buck Stevens, but his name is actually Carl Bergman. Wow, no, I didn't know. See, I, I, I told him before you came on the, before we got you on the phone that uh, I said, I, I consider myself a historian, but you are a professional historian and I don't I've never heard the Carl Bergman story before but I don't want to gloss over it and I want to go back for just a second because he is a recent inductee into the NASCAR Hall of Fame and that's Red Byron who was in uh, the Army Air Corps before the Air Force and he was a he was a gunner if I'm not mistaken I don't know if he was a tail gunner but he was a gunner if I'm not mistaken on a B24 Liberator and uh, had had flown all these missions and he was up, I think, in the Aleutians, you know, up off off of Alaska, yep. and exactly, and was getting ready to uh, to be done with it. You know, I guess he'd made his tours, and he just decided to, from what I understand, reading Raymond Parks' biography, he went up like one more time to mm-hmm. to substitute for a friend or something, and that's when he 
they took a flak hit and it really messed up his, uh, well, that would be his right, was it his right or his left foot where they had to, uh, to uh, red vote, oh, I think, rigged up a special um, stirrup or something so he could operate the clutch right. and everything. Yeah, uh, it, w- it would be his left, and um, they said he was always in tremendous pain. Right, but you know he never really let on too much. But uh, but he was uh, nearly two years in re- recuperation. Right, and they were uh, adamant about uh, chopping off his leg. He said, "Oh, he ain't going to do that. Do whatever it takes to to save this thing." So he talked the doctors out of saving it. Yeah, man, I tell you what, this. They're not like that anymore, you know? I mean, of course, I don't think you have that many instances where somebody's going to maybe serve over in a, um, the Middle East or, or, or you know, now and, and, and get mangled like that and, and come back to race now. But I think there are quite a few, uh, like, I don't know of any drivers, but I, I know, I'm pretty sure there's some crewmen that are, you know, big husky guys that have, uh, that have served in the military, you know, fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, um, yeah, I think it's just they did away with the draft. Uh, you know, you get more guys volunteering, but, um, you know, it used to be where you had a lot more guys because it was mandatory. You know, you had to go in. And uh, so, you know, the further back you go in time, the more folks you would, uh, would you'd have involved. Now, here's something kind of, not that he was a member of the military, but in uh, December of 1968, Kelly Arbor was driving for Mercury, and Mercury had a special public relations deal put together where they sent him to Vietnam for like three weeks. Oh, that's... And he, yes. he went from base to base. He was there during um, Christmas, too, and he had a couple little girls at home at the time. But he went over there and he did his part to uh, you know to help with the effort and the morale builder and all that. And he was there for, I think it was a good solid three weeks. That's I right. That I read that in his biography, too. Uh, yeah, I, and I'd say that definitely qualifies as, uh, um, you know... If you didn't serve in the military, you certainly aren't obligated to go into a war zone and and uh, and promote you know uh, the United States or patriotism or, or just try to cheer up the cheer up the the troops with your presence. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that that counts pretty pretty highly. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Now, let but, me you know, ask, I, go ahead. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna I was gonna change. Speeds for just a second, because I know we only have you for a limited amount of time here. We got about seven more minutes. But um, what do you think about Penske buying Indianapolis? I mean, you talk about historic venues; uh, they don't come any more historic than Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And of course, it took a pretty good hunk of change, I guess, to pull that off. Obviously, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just what's your general thoughts about it? I touched on it a little bit earlier, and I was. Only thing I was concerned about, I, I don't have a problem with um, putting up lights or maybe even running to 500 at night. But, you know, as far as yeah. I just don't like the idea of guaranteeing spots. I don't like it in NASCAR and I don't like it at Indy. Yeah. Well, but overall, what, what's yeah. your thoughts about this? Yeah, you know, you're right. I think that, uh, and in fact, I'm not even a big fan of the Lucky Dog. I think that, you know, anything you, you get in racing, you have to earn. But, you know, we're old school, right, Perry? <laughs> oh, very much so. <laughs> but I, I think for Pesky taking over, I think it's fantastic because everything he does is is done so well, and he's got unlimited resources. You know, he has a, a real deep spot in his heart for that track and what it means, and you know it's going to go on in, in, in the first class uh, format more or less. And yeah, the the Holman George family has they they they've kind of drifted away from the track, and 
I think since uh, Mary Holman George passed away, uh, the, the kids themselves really don't get along with each other. So I think it was probably about time. And I've heard rumblings where it was a pretty serious situation uh, as far as the family's concerned and as far as the future of the track. So I thought it was interesting that uh, I guess Tony George actually approached Roger with the uh, the, the deal. And I'm sure, you know, Roger had to think maybe three seconds before he made his decision. <laughs> he had to check, he had to pull out his checkbook and make sure he had a, the balance on it to uh, to pull it off. But, you know, the the, the Georges and the Holman family, the Holman George and, and all the the relatives there, they, they had a pretty tough go of it there in the 70s with the split up with Cart and and USAC and, and everything. So they really weathered some, some pretty tough storms to uh, to get to this point right now where they're actually, uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, things at the Speedway are, are fairly stable and it would be a good time to sell. I think so. And, you know, uh, I, I was, I think it was like, you know, if you're a race fan, you're kind of obliged to, you know, uh, to like the Indy 500. I, but, I, uh, the I race love itself, it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there were several years there where it really wasn't much going on there. But I think for the last five or six years, the races have been exemplary. Uh, un- unbelievable. Tremendous. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But, you know, just the history. And when you think about the people that walk that ground, mm-hmm. you know, uh, turned a wheel, it's it's almost surreal when you think right. about it. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited next year. Uh, the uh, the Arcot Singer Symposium, which is kind of a, uh, a scholarly think tank. I don't know how I got involved in this, but anyway, we meet every year at Watkins Glen, and you have different people, you know, present different papers uh, as far as automotive and history and racing and that sort of thing. Well, I'm pretty stoked because next year we're going to be meeting at the Indianapolis Museum. So, man, I can't wait. If I have to crawl to Indy, I'm going to be going to that one. Have you been to the museum up there? And, I mean, I know you were the, the. I think you, your turn, your title was, were you the curator here at the Hall of Fame for NASCAR? But um, Yeah, I, I was the historian. Historian, and, okay. Uh, we didn't really have a curator per se, but, you know, in that position you wear a lot of hats. Right. But have you ever been to the museum at Indianapolis? Yeah, I've been there twice. Oh, okay, but, good. Yeah, uh, I've been there about five I've, times. I love it. Uh, isn't it awesome? Now, it's I've unbelievable. Heard, uh, almost from day one, everybody says, you ain't seen nothing until you go down in the basement. Oh, that, so, I bet. I've never been. <laughs> I bet. I have bet that's been? unbelievable. No, I haven't. Oh, man. I, I, I tell you what, first thing I do when I get off the bus next year, I'm going right to the basement. <laughs> I'd love to see and, what's uh, in the basement. Stories. Yeah. That would be tremendous, wouldn't it? You know, I went to the, uh, I've been to the Air and Space Museum a lot of times. Uh, I'm Mm. sure you're just like me. You're a museum freak. But, uh, I mean, I've been to the Air and Space Museum a lot of times. And I had Uh never been out to Dulles where they've got the really big stuff like the Enola Gay and a lot of other planes. But they've got a walkway where you can look down. It's not a basement. I mean, it's all on ground level, but it's it's not where there's any admittance. You can't walk around. Uh But you can look in there. And uh, and see what they're restoring. You know, over in the corner there's a, a spad or something, and then over here there's a P fifty one that they're you know half torn down. And but you can look down in there and see what they're actually working on, and it's it is fascinating. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's out at Dulles. Now that's not the one downtown. I I, I don't think yeah. they do it there, I, but uh, I've never been to Dulles. So anyway, yeah. well, uh, yeah. Buzz and our Last few seconds we got here, I looked on your website last night, and you have 
fabulous guests on your show. I saw a picture of Ari Lyondike, who uh, still the record holder at Indianapolis and a, and a former winner up there. But tell us a little bit about your show. And you were nice enough to have me on for a little bit back earlier. And you had you had Greg on the show, you know, sitting there at the yeah. table with you. But tell us when we can listen to it and how we can listen to it. Or I, oh, sure, yeah, it, okay, it, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's called the Legends of Racing Radio Show, and you can uh, pull up our Facebook page every Friday at noon. You can watch it live on, on Facebook, and uh, of course we go out all over the world. Uh, we heard from somebody from the Philippines yesterday that they had uh, been watching somebody else in Switzerland. Uh, oh, it's just unbelievable. It is. You know, such a, and, and, uh, but uh, it, it's really neat. We, uh, we just did our 80th show yesterday. And uh, so it's hard to believe that it's, uh, you know, it's going so well. And uh, we've had a little bit of everybody on there. What we try to do is not just uh, stock cars. We want everything, anything with a motor. Oh, yeah. Runs, we want somebody on there. You know, we had somebody that represented go-karts. And, you know, uh, uh, we've had Ernie Irvin live. And uh, I'm working on Greg Sachs. I went and met with him last week, and he was a little hesitant. So I say, hey, look, we'll be easy on you. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was I... just like a nice conversation with an old friend you know but really what the would, i don't know what greg would be i mean i don't know him i've never met him i know he had a yeah a greg knows him from you know he tried to get one of bud moore's last cars in the field at charlotte and uh mm -hmm. but um i mean he's he'd have some great stories i'm sure especially with that uh whatever that was he won the firecracker in in about 1985 uh, that uh, gary right. nelson put together that was kind of a yeah. that was a r&d car <laughs> Of all R and D cars, from yeah, what I understand, right? Uh, you know, maybe he's afraid that uh, it's going to be a controversial uh, uh, conversation, which it's not. I mean, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. No. I think what he did was interesting, and it's always going to be uh, a, a kind of a nice little, uh, you know, the, the highlight of racing history. And was he illegal? Was he illegal? I don't know, but. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun to talk about, and then of course he had a great modified career, right? And uh, but we're working on him. You know, they they meet at uh, he and a bunch of the old timers. They all meet at a Dunkin' Donuts every Monday in Edgewater, Florida. <laughs> so I'll just drop in <laughs> occasionally and buy him a buy him a couple of donuts, and you know we're we're going to work on him. We're going to get him on the show. That sounds great, Buzz. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You, uh, I look forward to having you on every year. You're the nicest guy I know in auto racing, and I. I still remember how you didn't really know me at all when I approached you over at uh, JB Days one time to to help me with that thing we did on the history of Spartanburg County racing at the Chapman Center. You were like our keynote speaker and uh, just been a good friend of mine for the few years I've known you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, it was wonderful to get back with you, and uh, I miss you guys up there. Uh, maybe we'll get up there and hang around one of these days. <laughs> you never can tell. Huh? Please do. I'll show you where all the race shops used to be. <laughs> now you're talking. All right, buddy. All right, thank well, you. Hey, give, give Greg my best, too, okay? I certainly will. Thank you, Buzz. Okay. Take care. All right, thank you. That's Buzz McKim, and God, what a great guest. I love having Buzz on the show. We're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back and talk to Nelson Crozier. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. 
If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Type. Drive for $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Type for only $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000. MSRP or a new 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. During Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan, you can get rock bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan, low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or you can see all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Type. Drive for $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Type for only $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or a new 2020 Nissan Rogue for only $229 a month. During Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan, you can get rock bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissans for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan, low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Places 1479 for more details. F45 training, 
the world's fastest growing fitness network has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now at 45 Functional Fitness Training located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba or call at 864-810-4528. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning, Nelson. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, Joe, pretty good. A little bit chilly. A little bit chilly. Um, I take it you're not in Arizona. No, but I think it's chilly out there, too. <laughs> uh, but it's a dry cold. <laughs> right. well, I never, never heard that know, one. The humidity is much higher in Phoenix than it ever used to be because of all the people with swimming pools and watering their lawns. Uh, I, I mean, Amazing. only Nelson would know that. <laughs> that's unbelievable, Nelson. That's that's a good point. Um, I, I think you put us away last week when you picked a Harvick. I, if I had, a, I'm a so-called historian. If I'd looked and seen he'd won the last three races at Texas, I might have picked him. But uh, you did, and I think you've mathematically eliminated the rest of us. So, uh, congratulations on your championship. <laughs> Where's my trophy? Uh, I got it for you right here. <laughs> Next time you're okay. in Spartanburg, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's the big steak that Gray's going to buy at Applebee's. Sounds good. Okay, uh, buddy. All right, uh, go go ahead. Talking about Indianapolis yes, and buying it. Uh, from what I've heard, he bought it for pennies on the dollar. Uh, really? I think it was three hundred and fifty million dollars. Initially, uh, the conjecture was he was going to pay about two billion, but uh, everything I've heard, three fifty is what it was uh, the final price. Well, so, were the the who? I mean, was it the Georges or the Holmans or, or I mean, who was technically the owner of the Speedway? Uh, the Holman family, of which Tony George was, uh, you know, uh, the son of Mary Holman, right. They were the owners, but I think they were the one brother and two sisters, and they did not see eye to eye. Well, and so that leads to my next question. Um, why? Were, I mean, it almost sounds like they were desperate to sell it. Uh, I mean, why is that the case, or was it to, to get something that well, treasured as far as I'm concerned? I mean, you know you know me. I, I, Indianapolis is my favorite of, of all types of racing, and... Uh, or the, well, or the particular gotta, uh, race. Why were they so anxious to get rid of it? Well, I don't think they were just anxious to get rid of it. They wanted the heritage to go on. And Roger was the one that will perpetuate the history of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Well, let's see. From the history that I know, this would be like the fourth different owners. You had Allison... Uh, uh, that helped build a speedway. I can't. There were some other people there with him, and then he sold it to Eddie Rickenbacker after World War One. And Rickenbacker had even raced it. I think he finished fifth in the five hundred one year. And then after the war, when it was falling apart, 
Um, according to Wilbur Shaw's biography, he took it upon himself to find an owner, and he found Tony Holman, who was uh, a rich um, Hoosier, who uh, was really big into keeping it at, the, at in Indiana, the ownership. And actually, I mean, he had to spend a lot of his own money just to fix the place up after World War II because it was just falling apart, weeds coming up through the bricks and everything. And... Um, and so that's the ownership we still have, the lineage down from Tony Holman to, um, you know, to, I guess, going to be Roger Penske. So that'd, that'd be the fourth set of owners. Right. Well, Eddie Wirkenbacker, after the war, uh, he was heavily involved with Eastern Airlines. Exactly. And uh, that's why he sold it. But, uh, you know, during World War One, seventeen and 18, uh, Version was suspended there for the war effort. Right. And then in 1942, uh, the federal government banned all racing, automotive racing in the United States for the duration of the war. So everything was devoted to the war effort. And uh, like you said, the speedway fell in disrepair. Uh, the golf course was still maintained, but you know, the speedway, uh, the wooden grandstands were. Uh, uh, about what World Foxboro is now, uh, you know, it was just in pretty bad shape. Uh, uh, right toward the end of the war, Firestone got permission to run a tire test there, uh, you know, from the U.S. government. And then uh, Holman, uh, you know, purchased the track in November of 45, and it reopened in 1946. Right. Well, you know, thank goodness somebody saved it, and I think uh, if you heard any of our interview with Buzz McKim just now, Buzz is pretty confident that Penske will improve the product. I, this is the third time I've said it this morning, but I don't approve of uh, guaranteed spots. But we'll we'll see what happened. I won't bellyache about it too much until it happens. But um, uh, I'd say it's going into about probably the best hands it could go into. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, but, you know... Uh Definitely a good move, but, you know, now the Holman family can, uh, you know, have a little bit more money to add to their selling mix, uh baking soda uh, fortune. Yeah, that's what I was going to say just now when I was talking about Tony Holman. I think that's uh, that's not where he got all of his money, and I'm talking about the, the, the gentleman that bought it in 1946, but uh, Clabber Girl baking powder was, uh, I think, they're they're big, uh, and they. Just, right. I, I just heard because I looked this up the other day. They just sold Clapper Girl for like uh, a gazillion dollars. I mean, it's still on the shelves in the supermarkets. Right. Well, again, you know, it's dissension, uh, you know, between the family members. Yeah. Well, that happens in a, a lot of families. It's torn up a lot of families. All right. Well, let's get on the last few minutes we've got left. Um, uh, well, let's get our picks in because I would like to pick a winner for the season's over. Although you've, you're the winner in the clubhouse, what uh, who you like this week? Go ahead and pick one. Toss up between Ryan Blaney and Kevin Harvick. Well, toss it up and pick one. Uh, for a change, I'll go with Blaney. All right, Ronnie. Well, I guess that will leave me with uh, the Harvick. rest of them. You got everybody, Harvick. Yeah. What do you think, Alan? I'm going with Chase Elliott. He's got to win. Yes. And I'll go, uh, just for old time's sake, with Keselowski, who's uh, maybe he'll try to save face or something there. And I'll give Greg, uh, I'll give him Menard for the heck of it. 
So, uh, all right. Well, so what are we looking at this week? As as I just said, uh, Chase has got to win. You got uh, several guys here on the outside looking in that have to win that are aren't in the the top four like uh, Hamlin, Larson, Blaney, and and Chase Elliott. So, uh, um, what are you thinking there, uh, Nelson? What can we look for? Well, Hamlin, uh, you know, on a ten lap run was, uh, you know, the most consistent. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, you got Jimmy Johnson back there in twenty eighth place, and he's and, been running pretty good lately. Yeah, and qualifying this afternoon at two o'clock uh, Eastern time. Okay, and uh, of course, uh, I think the uh, the trucks ran last night, and Stuart Friesen was the winner there. And I honestly printed that out this morning. I didn't get a chance to watch the end of the race. So I don't actually, I'll have to look during the commercial here how close that point standings is. And uh, I think the uh, I think the Xfinity's pretty much decided. Uh, there, there's only like three guys with a chance, but I, I believe, uh, which one is it that, that's got uh, Christopher Bell has pretty much got a lock on that, I think. Right, but so far as the truck points, Forget about the points. We've got your four finalists uh, going to the homestead next week, and that's all that matters there. Okay. All right. Well, um, now... One other interesting point. Yes, uh, in, I mentioned uh, your uh, servicemen uh, who drove. Right. Uh, I worked with Roy Maine some back in the mid-60s, and uh, we went to the Chevrolet dealer in Cashiers, North Carolina, and uh, drove uh, from the... Uh, Chevrolet dealer back to the shop a 1965 orchid colored uh, uh, Impala SS that we then disassembled and took everything from the seat to the wiper blades, uh, everything we weren't going to use in the race car, turned it back into the dealer. I got like $12,000 credit, which was, you know, the car was like uh, $3,800. But we got twelve thousand dollars credit from General Motors. Twelve hundred uh, toward the racing, and then we got the engines directly from Chevrolet in Tonawanda, New York. And uh, the push rods uh, were not uh, the rock rods were not wise to race. The push rods were pushed through them. So I took the rock arms and braised them solid on the push rod end, and then drove an oil hose through it, and. When we get the engine, we put our push uh, our rocker arms on, and then after the race, we put the stock ones back on to send to Tonawanda. They call up, what in the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we said, what are you talking about? So finally, we had to tell them what was going on, uh, and they supplied the engine with the rocker arms already modified. Now, I know they found a Roy Main car in a barn someplace. Would that be the same car? I mean, I've seen pictures of it. it was, I, I, that was a 65 or 6 uh, Chevrolet, I think. 65 orchid-colored uh, Impala SS. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was living in Northern Virginia at the time, and it was a mighty hot summer that year. But Roy was living over in Andrews or Bowling Air Force Base, uh, and they had a brand-new barracks that was air-conditioned. So I spent two or three nights a week over there in the nice air conditioning. Now, he, did he race out of, uh, wasn't he at Sumter Air Force Base at one time? At one time, that's correct. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I thank you so much for bringing that up, Nelson, because I know you have a rich military history. Your father was a fighter pilot, right? That is correct. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad. And, and I knew that, um, oh, I'd be so unhappy if I'd have left out uh, 
you have an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, on our Veterans Day show because I know you're you're very uh, history history oriented as far as uh, the military and uh, and we appreciate uh, your father's service and and uh, I know you carry some pictures around of him on your phone. Oh, most definitely, and uh, you know uh, another uh, you know fellow was Chuck Yeager who worked for my dad, uh, and I met him uh, in 1955 at the Smithsonian for uh, as like a birthday present. And then when uh, Yeager was the Grand Marshal at Rockingham, uh, I went up to introduce, uh, reintroduce myself. He said, "Oh, you're now the closest on his best boss I ever had." Oh, that's so, great. Uh, 20 seconds. So, great memory, and, uh, you know, we definitely need to appreciate and acknowledge all of our veterans. That's right, and thanks for sharing that with us. Nelson, you're the best, and a uh, couple of weeks to go. We'll talk to you next week. Not a couple of weeks. One week to go. That's right. Thank you, Nelson. Good enough. Talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. He's the smartest man I know. Dot com. Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans, like the Nissan Type. Drive for three forty nine a month, or save up to ten thousand off MSRP, or drive a twenty twenty Nissan Rogue for only two twenty nine a month. That's right, you can get a new twenty nineteen Nissan Type for only three forty nine a month, or save up to ten thousand dollars off MSRP. Or a new 2020 Nissan Rogue for only $229 a month. During Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan, you can get rock-bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissan for the truck you want at the price you need. Hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Places one four seven nine one one nine seven for more Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets. 
to build wealth and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to Start Your Engines for the second hour, where it's um, we're going to be heavily involved in discussing and reminiscing and just whatever we want to talk about uh, for our veterans and how it's affected us and our family. And we're going to lead it off with just one of the, as Ronnie said earlier, it never gets old to me. Uh, this is an interview, I think it was probably made about 2015 in Bud Moore's Kitchen. And... Uh, he was always, for many, many years, very reluctant to talk about the war. But as he got older um, and more people realized what a contribution he'd made, um, he loosened up about it. And, I mean, he, he battled nightmares for years, uh, you know, in the 50s and 60s and uh, about what he did and what he saw. But he got easier with it as, uh, as time went on. And he was very, uh, very interested in talking about it with me so we could put it on paper and I think this thing starts out with him saying, I'm not talking about the bad stuff. And I, I don't remember it, and I don't want to try to remember it. And, of course, I never pushed him for anything. I just let him talk as much as he wanted to. So let's jump right into this. I think it runs about 20 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, Ronnie. And uh, um, So this is Bud Moore talking about his war ex, uh, exploits. And we'll have a discussion about it when we get back. Big feet line and had all kind of problems with them peel boxes, knocking one of them peel boxes out. One of our tanks and that couldn't even budge one of them. The only thing would knock one of them out is bring an eight-inch howler. 
artillery piece mm -hmm. there, and it had to be about 200 yards and it'd blow the top off of it. But it took a while to ever find out exactly what, what would do it. At this point, have you been injured yet? Have you been shot? Oh, I've done been, yeah, I've well, been hit several times with shrapnel. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to hear about that. If it's not, if well, it's something I you don't want to talk about, don't well, talk I, about well, it. Well, I don't want to talk about it. I ain't talking to you about how many guys we lost and all that kind of, I don't want to bring all that. Okay. But anyway, I'd, I'd already been hit with artillery and uh, shrapnel and all. Now, you got five Purple Hearts, right? Yeah. Well, when did you get the first one? I don't remember when I got the first one. See, you, the artillery shells start falling, and they have them air burst over you and all this stuff, and you get hit with shrapnel and pieces of shrapnel and all this stuff. And they send you back. The, 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 uh, the medic would come, you know, and he'd send you back to the, the rear end to the, the uh, field hospital. And you go down there, and they'd pick that shrapnel out of you. Then if they had to cut a little bit to get it out, deaden it a little bit, they'd do that. Then they put that on, they may put a stitch in it, but they put that old red methylate on it and put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> a couple of three times, you know, I got hit. And I said, well, I'll be up the front lines for a few days. <laughs> Shit, I went back over a couple of three hours, and they send you right back. <laughs> but uh, where did you get hit? If you I can got, tell me. I got hit all over. I can show you places on me. I got hit several places, all over places, all over. When, you, when one of them shells bust and all, and uh, it ain't only, you know, that the uh, shrapnel from the shells, you get pieces of rock and wood and whatever else may hit you. Mm -hmm. But I was lucky as on the front lines over nine months without being evacuated. And, uh, but anyway, we we were getting relieved. Well, then, let me go ahead through this deal. Go. Anyway, we, after we got back fighting through the Zigpede line, we got through, and we, we just made the Moselle River crossing. That's when Romeo raised hell up there and passed on. Well, Patton pulled us back across the Moselle. And he, we got back and he had us, he stand up on the courthouse steps in this little old town. He had a megaphone, he was briefing us. And he says, boys, we gotta go up to the town called Baston. It's 90 miles away. We gotta go up there and get the 101st Airborne out there, all surrounded up there. And he said, Romeo's kicking the hell out of him. He said, we got to go up there and get him out. And he said, we're going to leave here in 45 minutes. We're going to kill every son of a bitch on the way. And we did. So there's already snow on the ground, about 10 or 12 inches, and it was cold as hell. So we started hiking. So we, we hiked all night. And they say we went 25 to 20, 25 miles that night. We was waiting on the tanks to be to come by. So here come the tanks. We climbed aboard the tanks and we went to Baston. And we went to Burn and got them out. And uh, 
That was General McAuliffe. General McAuliffe was, he was the one that said nuts when they asked him to surrender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we went up there and got him out. And then uh, we turned back and uh, got him really running into Germany then. Got things really working up. And uh, we went the rest of the way across Germany. And uh, when the war was over, I was 12 miles out of Pilsen, from Czechoslovakia. And on May the 2nd, we met the Russians right out of Pilsen, from Czechoslovakia. And they come down the war was over May the 8th. Now, when did you uh, uh, capture the headquarters? <clears throat> I know that story's been told, but I, 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 I well, this it, all happened uh, after after. Uh, I'd like to hear it again. This all happened after Bastogne, and we were crossing Germany, and we was taking this towns, and we had this objective up in front of us there, and that town right there in front of us, about a mile, and uh, I was sitting there with the, in the jeep with the jeep driver, and. Uh, the lieutenant said, boy, said, boy, we're going to miss it. You, and the, you take the jeep driver and hand me a map and said, y'all go up this road here and go across the hill up there. And he said, come on over to town. He said, we'll be there by then. So we left on this road. We left to go up this dirt road. And when I saw the hill in here was a house sitting on the left. And I seen a German soldier run out of it. So I started firing and had a water aircrew machine gun mount on the dash of that jeep. I started firing into that house. <clears throat> Windows and I was in the tracer and I set the house on fire. So here come two more soldiers coming in out there. Well, one of them didn't know his hands up. The other, he went on across the field. And I think one of our guys got him, but he probably got killed. I'm not sure. Anyway, <clears throat> we set him on the hood that Jeep was going on up the road. We get up top of this hill. Get up there. We're supposed to make a right-hand turn. We didn't. We went straight on. So we go another. And you got this German guy on the hood of the Jeep. He was sitting on the front of the Jeep. <laughs> anyway, so instead of us making that right turn, we went straight on. And just as we got on over a little ways further, we got, I'd say, another three or four, five hundred yards. Here was a concrete, sort of a concrete block building. And uh, first thing you know, we got a, somebody started shooting it up. And I seen this building, so I, I was, got down on my knees behind the Jeep, and I still had the gun on the dash, and I was firing all in the windows and all in that concrete block house. So finally, told us the Jeep driver he could talk a little German. I said, let's get him going there and tell him if he don't get out, we're going to pull a tank up here and blow that whole damn building. So we sent this German soldier up there. And uh, he left, went up there. And uh, we told him, said, you're going to be the first one dead if you don't get him out there. So he goes up there in about two or three minutes. He comes back out waving a flag. So about that time, you know, 
couldn't believe it. Here comes about 15 or so listed men and five German officers come walking out there. So we made them drop their belts and all this stuff, you know, and their guns. So we, we knew then, I got to look at the map, we done went too far, so we, we headed them back down to the turn the jeep around. We marked them back down. We got down there and we made that turn. They didn't try to run away or anything? No. No, I had the machine gun sitting there. No, I know you did. <laughs> they ain't going to run away. <laughs> So they had you outnumbered at one time. Oh yeah, there's 15. Uh, there was five. There's four or five German officers, and there's I know there's 15 enlisted men. So anyway, if we we made a march back, and we going down there, and we finally got on the right road going back in this over this little town. So we marched them over there, and we got over there and the lieutenant, my lieutenant said, "Boy, what in the hell was going on over there?" I said, hey, "We was fighting a damn war, y'all wasn't fighting." <laughs> he, he's, where, he's where'd all these come from? I said, "These is who we had problems with over there." <laughs> so. Anyway, I said, now, what are you going to do with them? I said, I'm, y'all got them now. I don't want them no more. <laughs> yeah, that was something else. Greg, what was you telling me about the getting blown up in the, in the Jeep or something? Well, oh, that was, this was after I had got to... See, I got, I got, I got, this was, this was all happening for February 22nd. On February 22nd, see, the, the, the deal with, with going to get them out of Bastogne and all this was Christmas time. Okay. 40, 44. Right. So, anyway, we done got them out of Bastogne. Then we was getting relieved by the 5th Infantry Division. And we were still we were still on this side of the Rhine River. Anyway, we were getting relieved by the Fifth Infantry Division, and uh, I got shot by a machine gun. I guess it was machine. Gun. I got shot through the hip. Okay, and that's when I went to the hospital the first time. And they they finally uh, I went to the Fortis General Hospital in Paris. So they shit, I got pretty well well and all this stuff. So what hospital did you, did you say the name? 40th General. Oh, 40th. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they, after I got out of the hospital, they sent me back to my unit. So I get back. How long was that, did you, did you say? I got back out of the hospital and I joined my unit back with like April 2nd. But I mean, how, how long was that a hospital? How long was your, your stay in the hospital? From February 22nd to April 2nd. April 1st, April 2nd. Pretty close to a month and a half. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we get back. There wasn't no such thing as a ticket home, huh? No. Okay. But see, the problem was, was there, myself and my company commander was the only two that's left out of the regiment. They hit the beach June the 6th. It hadn't been evacuated, wounded or evacuated. We were supposed to come to the States on a 90-day rotation further on March 1st. <clears throat> well, I got wounded. So he put it in my papers just for me to be sent back to the States, but somehow or another they got lost. Anyway, the company commander did go back to the States on our 90-day person. But anyway, so when I got back to the, my platoon, my, see, 
I had been promoted from out of the first gunnery several months prior to that. So I was an instrument gun call. I'd put the guns in position and put them in action whenever they called for it. Anyway, I, well, what did you say? What kind of non-con? I was an instrument. Non-con. Instrument. Yeah. Okay. I was a corporal. Okay. Anyway, so the my lieutenant, I stayed with. I had to be everywhere the lieutenant went. Our first platoon, which was first lieutenant, he everywhere he went, I had to go. Mm-hmm. So we were in this jeep in this German hospital yard. We pull up in this German hospital yard. About that time, the Germans had it zeroed in. They throw in all that artillery and they blow that damn jeep slam out under us. And uh, I got all splattered up again and all that kind of stuff. So you just, just got out of the hospital and yeah. got hit again. The, uh, the lieutenant, he got splattered up. And the jeep driver got hurt the worst. He got a couple of pretty bad places in the stomach. But anyway, we back to the aid station again. <laughs> and they took the shrapnel out of me and the lieutenant, put the methylate on, sent our bus back. <laughs> but it wasn't long after that, uh, the way that things was and how uh, the Germans knew that uh, they were gone. And uh, far as resistance seemed out real black. But they knew they were gone. You mean they knew they were whipped? Yeah. And they were they were they were surrendering everything else the whole time and the rest way across Germany and all this kind of stuff. And that's like I say when I got to uh, we met the Russians on May the second, out of right out of Pilsen, Czechoslovakia. And the war was over May the eighth. And we was in this little town over there called Nighton. Uh That was the name of it. Oh, me, I think of the name of it. Anyway, uh, Wyden, I believe, was the name of the town here. Wyden? Anyway, we was there then uh, on occupation. The little town about the size of Capians over there I had about three or four thousand people over there. And this was about 25 or 30 miles back in the, in the Germany. But we stayed there till word come down that they was going to start sending guys back to the state to be discharged. And it goes on, and uh, I, just, I could listen to that over and over, but you know. But Tom Bronco. Brokaw had it right. That's the greatest generation. I'm telling you what, that was, uh, I know there's some profanity in there, but we've never made any attempt to cut it out when we could have. But, I mean, that's a, that's a man talking. And I, he's telling the story, uh, you know, in his own words. And he didn't pull any punches. And he told us what he wanted us to know. And uh, uh, thank thank God that I got to be friends with Bud Moore and, and was for a long time. And he's a... Uh, uh, he was really something, and I'm going to keep his memory alive. We will doing playing his uh, playing that recording there, and the other one for D Day. Uh, as long as I'm doing a show, he absolutely earned the right to talk the way he wanted to. That's exactly right. We're going to take a break right now, and when we're going to come back, we're going to talk to uh, Alan Hill, and he's got a pretty short list of what's going on, but he's going to tell us about it, and then we'll just uh, 
freewheel it the rest of the way. I'll do some results and what's coming on the television. So uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. Improved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans. Like the Nissan Type. Drive for $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Type for only $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or a new 2020 Nissan Rogue for only $229 a month. During Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan, you can get rock-bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissans. For the truck you want at the price you need, hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Places for 479 Like staying up a little later than the missus? 
Maybe you're counting sheep number 98 or even number 3. Well, no worries. We're up late with you. Join me, KB, for Up Late with KB. Weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on a chilly Saturday morning. I guess it's still kind of chilly out there. And, uh... It is in here, too. Well, it says 72. So, uh, it said 70 all during the Bud Moore interview. You must have bumped it up while I wasn't looking. I must have. (laughs) Unless we've got about 35 more minutes of this show, then at 1 p.m., we've got a a football game coming on. Presbyterian College is going to host Gardner-Webb today. And Ryan Clary and Tyler Shugart will be out there calling that one. And you say that's in Clinton, right? Clinton. Clinton, it is. Listen, Clinton. Okay, maybe uh, the Blue Hose can crack the ice and pick up a win. I didn't know they hadn't won a game yet. Yeah, and uh, I hope they can too. All right. Because Gardner Webb, I think, is three and six this year. Okay. So, Ballin Springs, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Lanny McKinney, who does uh, Bud Moore Engineering website and. Uh, creates and produces our podcast every week, which I listen to every week, and I just tickles the heck out of me. It's uh, it's some funny listening, and uh, they're all on there, all of our shows. And I think uh, Buzz said that was his 80th show last night. We're right at that number two, 75, 76, uh, right in there. But uh, we appreciate everything Lanny does. Of course, he maintains our uh, Facebook page too. So uh, appreciate it, buddy. Alan, what you got? I know you got a short list. Uh, you don't bring your pad with you anymore, so uh, you well, got to commit it to memory. It's got to be getting pretty short. It's getting not pretty that short you can't here. remember anything. But. Well, uh, well, it's getting down here to the end of this uh, dirt racing round here. We got uh, we got a little bit of dirt racing left going on. We got uh, next Saturday over here at Travers Rest. Actually, we got a little bit going on over our Friday night. They're going to have a practice session over there and going to have some uh, more qualifying that got rained out from three weeks ago. They're going to have the Renegade Stock 8 qualifying over there, heat races. So, uh, got a little bit coming up here, but we also had a little bit of racing up here at Charlotte Speedway last Saturday night. We had the Sika Crate uh, Sportsman Series up there. And we also had some history being made up there at Charlotte Speedway. We had the first woman winner, and she was interviewed here. Braden Pruitt went up there with her uh, Super Stock 4 and showed them boys the way to, to win the race up there at that, Charlotte. That's great. And I met her in the pits down at, when I was at Cherokee that night. Yep. Uh, Jada introduced me to her. Yeah. Nice young lady. Also up there at Charlotte last week, uh, Mitchell Duval. Which everybody knows Mitchell up there. He's won four in a row up there, so uh, he's hard to beat up there. But also, like he's hard to beat everywhere. Uh, also, a uh, couple of more of the local boys up there. Caleb McLaughlin, he finished second to um, Mitchell Duval and Ronnie Mosley. He finished third to him. So, a good showing up there at Charlotte Speedway for our local drivers and stuff from around here. And uh, last night. They had the big boys up there. These, this is one of their last races up there. The World of Outlaws and the Lucas Oil Series, and one of our local boys, he showed them the way, and that's Chris Smokey Madden. He won everything up there, second place with his car owner, which is Scott Bloomquist. 
Okay. And uh, is Scott still not racing? Yeah, Scott Bloomquist is run. He runs second to Madden uh -oh. last night, well, and uh, third was uh, Jonathan Davenport, and uh, kind of heard a little something through the grapevine. Uh, you know, everybody realizes that uh, NASCAR's going to the Dallara chassis. Right. And uh, Chris Madden and uh, Scott Bloomquist, you know, Scott Bloomquist builds race cars for a living, too, on the side, you know, or on his main thing is racing. But yeah. he got the Bloomquist chassis, and I heard that he is about to make a deal with Richard Childers to make his cars for all his fabricators up there to start building Bloomquist cars in them shops. That's pretty big. That's going to be some pretty big news coming out because, like I said, if uh, if NASCAR goes the way they're going, it's going to put a lot of your boys looking for jobs. I mean, no fabricators, no nothing, no bars being built. Yep. So uh, they're going to have a job here in these late models. These dirt late models coming up, but uh, our local tracks, like I said, next Saturday, we're going to have Travers Rest Speedway. We uh, got qualified. We starting outside pole over there next Saturday, and uh, probably going to go over our next Friday night and do a little practicing, see if we can change a few things, make our car just a little bit faster, and uh, hopefully we get to race on Saturday afternoon over there, and uh, the way I see... Uh, I uh, told y'all I might not make it over here next Saturday because the gates are going to open pretty early over at Travers Rest, so I might have to take a cut and pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I can tell uh, you that uh, uh, you do what you have to do, and I'm I'm amazed that you've made as many shows as you have. And I, you really, I don't think you missed one except when you had to go to Concord to pick up a part, and uh, I say your replacement did a great job. I got a pretty good replacement sitting here. Yeah. And, uh, after that, uh, Travers Rest, after we run next Saturday over at Travers Rest, then the next uh, weekend we're going to have the big sh final show of the, what we call the Blue-Gray Nationals over here at Cherokee Speedway, and that'll probably wind up our season over here. So that, uh, that, that will have the big super late mall boys because they pretty much, after Charlotte, they are not committed to be running their point systems anymore, so uh, they're going to they gonna be free to go wherever they want to go. And they'll surely come down to Cherokee Speedway to make a deal. Well, that's good for the fans. Oh, yes. That's real good for the fans. Yeah. Whenever you get points involved and you get these teams kind of separated and you get two different divisions going, it's hard to get all these, you know, you get four or five guys over here, you get four or five over there. But now, whenever it comes in, there's no points involved. Let's go for broke. No kidding. Yep. Well, good luck next week if we don't see you. And, uh... Yep. Um, Wally going to be over there? Uh, Wally will be there. Uh, Wally qualified seventh. Uh, but, yeah, you told me that last week. But right. uh, when 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 the end of his race is here, he'll he'll probably be up there. Okay. He'll be awful close. I can't wait. I to never hear how it never comes never count him out. Oh, I wouldn't think of it. Nope. He got everything picked by now. Uh, you reckon? As a matter of fact, well, matter of fact, uh, talked to him this week. He's he's got two weeks in Key West, Florida. He's going down to Key West, Florida for the next two. Uh, well, matter of fact, he's just going to come back in time to show up to Travers Rest. He'll be the one with the tan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Key West. <laughs> That's one of my favorite places. Uh, I seen him in the Parks House. We was talking about rules changes coming up. And uh, it's about time for all our tracks to try to get together and make a few rule changes. And we're all sitting here, you know, scratching our heads, seeing what's going to come down the line this year. Yeah. But, uh... Kind of like NASCAR, you know. 
All we can do is they're trying to save us money, but every time they want to save us money, they make us spend more money. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start saving it. Then we start saving money. All right. Well, you, uh, once again, good luck out there. I can't wait to hear how you do. And, uh, um, Mr. Wilson going to be there, you reckon? Yeah, Mr. Wilson will be there. He done called me. He called me, uh, <laughs> called me yesterday afternoon, won't know what I was doing. I told him I had a race car tore all apart within 15 minutes. He's walking in my shop going, what in the world's going on? I said, driver had an idea. So, uh, we're going, <laughs> we got, we, you know, when the driver, driver gets an idea and he wants it done, let's do it. Well, uh, how often does he get an idea? Uh, pretty, pretty often, but they work I, out. Yeah, it works out. It works out pretty good. Okay. That's, that sounds good. You know, uh, you were talking about uh, Scott Bloomquist making the chassis and people uh, out of the, you know, losing jobs and things like that. And I was thinking off and on all week about the, the poor old painters. They, they got the metal the right color and you put a decal on there. And uh, uh, we didn't get to talk about painting any with uh, Buzz McKim earlier, which is his main thing, what got him started in all this. But, uh, you know, that's... Uh, it's a changing sport. Well, it's a changing sport. A couple of times here, whenever Danny first started out racing, um, we tore up a few race cars, and everybody realizes that. And I just took a rattle can paint and uh, took a different color and rattled can him a, a number on the side of the car and said, let's go racing. There you go. Okay, <laughs> well, that sounds good. Uh, touch on a couple of things here. I'll get the cup out of the way. We don't have a whole lot of results, but I will touch on what happened last week at Texas. Um, Kevin Harvick won. It wasn't particularly close. I think Eric Almarola had an outstanding race, finishing second, and sort of reeled him in there a little bit towards the end. Uh, came in second. Daniel Suarez was third. So you've got a talking about your diversity. There's a, a Mexican heritage and a Cuban heritage right there in second and third place, and had good runs. Um, and, of course, those uh, first three cars were all Stuart Haas cars. So it was a good weekend for Tony Stewart. This just reminded me. Did you see the interview they played of him getting inducted into the Texas Motorsports Hall of Fame? Tony Stewart, his speech. Now, is that the one where he was talking about the fight? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I'm not a big Tony Stewart fan, but he got up there and he was talking about... Uh, I Lug thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was. It really was. Talking about Logano and... Uh, uh, Hamlin the week before, and right. he was in, I can, in, I'm not going to use the same words. He, Bud Morgan get away with it. I'm not yeah. going to attempt to use it, but uh, he said, I... Whip their he, rear ends right he, here. I, he said, I whip either one of them. I whip them both at the same time. He said, that's <laughs> the most pathetic fight I ever saw in my life. And uh, <laughs> he, But he he waxed eloquent about it for about five minutes, and uh, they played quite a bit of it on the show, on the, the telecast last week. Okay, so Stewart finished one, two, three last week. Fourth was Joey Logano for Penske. Fifth is Alex was was Alex Bowman for Hendrick. Sixth, Martin Truex, who's already in next week. So we got him and Harvick have punched their ticket for Homestead. Got one spot left. Um, Kyle Busch was se seventh. Ryan Blaney, eighth. Kurt Busch, ninth. And Eric Jones, tenth. And the point standings shake out this way with uh, the first four that... As it stand, well, you got the first two that are already won races, and that's uh, Truex and Harvick. Then you've got uh, points wise. Uh, next would be uh, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano. So they're all above the cutoff mark. 
Under that, you got Denny Hamlin, who's on the outside looking in right now, along with Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, and Chase Elliott. And those guys have to just about win a race because um, Hamlin is, uh, he's a solid 42 points out of the next spot. So, I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the last four aren't going to make it unless something catastrophic happens to the two above them uh, that aren't in automatically. But uh, it may make for a real interesting race. When it you, when really you, could. When you got to yeah. win. Well, Danny Hamlin, he made it interesting. He had a big lead coming up last week. And next thing you know, now he's outside looking in. So, Well, did you see that ride he took through the infield? Yes, I did. Uh, you know, it's like one of the men said. He said they need to fix that so it won't tear the car up. Right. And uh, guess what? The other Dale Jr. said, well, I think Dale, he said, well, they shouldn't be down there to start with. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he just looked like he, if I'm not mistaken, he just lost it and got down yeah. there. And just like uh, uh, Chase Ch 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 Ellis didn't make it but nine laps. But, you know, those tracks are owned by the same people. I mean, that's the Bruton Smith track. And if he put that artificial turf and all that stuff in at Charlotte that keeps them, from hitting that grass, and then those tracks are carbon copies of each other. You got to go across that Legends track, the quarter mile they got right there to start finish line. When you go from artificial turf to that, it makes no effect. But when it's you're digging into that grass, and then you hit that asphalt, man, it tore the car. You know, I mean, he finished the race, and actually amazing that he finished as well as he did. But it tears them up pretty bad on the bottom side. Yep. So this is going to be pretty well interesting as far as, you know, one of the four on the outside could actually win this race. And it's going to put it tight between Joey Logano and Kyle Busch as yeah. far as making it in. And just think, who would who would want to be the guy that interviews Kyle Busch after the race if he does not make it in? Now, if he's available. <laughs> and, uh, boy, you know Chevrolet's dying for it to be either Bush, uh, not Bush, but uh, Elliot or Larson because they, they want to piece of the action here. Yeah. We got a Toyota and a Ford so far, so we need a Chevy. Yep, we sure do. All right, well, we're going to take our last break and come back and wrap this thing up. Hey, if anybody wants to call in, I had a gentleman call in earlier, but we couldn't put him on because we were up against uh, Buzz McKim coming on, but if you got a quick veteran story or you are a veteran or you wanted to say anything, you can call the show at 864-468-1400 and um, we'll give you a minute or two of airtime, but in the meantime, let's take our last break. You're listening to Start Your Engines. It's easy to jump on the Internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Trucks, trucks, we want trucks. If trucks are what you want, Greer Nissan is where you need to be. Nissan Truck Month is on now. Get rock bottom prices and payments on hundreds of new Nissans. Like the Nissan Type. Drive for $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or drive a 2020 Nissan Road for only $229 a month. That's right. You can get a new 2019 Nissan Type for only $349 a month. Or save up to $10,000 off MSRP. Or a new 2020 Nissan Rogue for only $229 a month. During Nissan Truck Month at Greer Nissan, you can get rock-bottom prices and payments on all your favorite Nissans. For the truck you want at the price you need, hurry to Greer Nissan for Nissan Truck Month today. Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Visit us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or you can see all our deals online at GreerNissan.com. Places for 479 for more details. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. actually heard that song before i have to don't know what it is but uh it's a uh, is a rock current fairly recent rock hit okay i want to touch one more time and talk about joe little john who joe little john jr that passed away um on thursday it was on november the 7th and um he'd been in bad health for a, a little bit of time there and his visitation will be tomorrow afternoon from 2.30 to 3.45 at Floyd's Greenlawn Chapel, which is out on East Main Street. And a memorial service will be um, following that at 4 p.m., conducted by Miss Diane Little John Lenich and Dr. John Osborne. So, uh, and um, if you'd like to m- make a memorial to Joe, you can do that at the Shriners Hospital in Greenville. 950 West Ferris Road in Greenville or uh, the Spartanburg Regional Hospice Home, 686 Jeff Davis Drive in Spartanburg. Joe was a good friend of mine, high school uh, classmate, and actually added quite a bit to the fabric, the rich fabric of the history of Spartanburg auto racing. And I'm, you know, I wasn't around him a whole lot in the recent years, but uh, always uh, glad to see him when I did. And, um, Sorry to see Joe pass on. Good stand-up fella. Yep. From a probably, actually, maybe the first, uh, 
not the first family of racing as far as what they contributed, but, you know, like one of the oldest families of Spartanburg Auto Racing uh, between he and his father, who I think Joe Littlejohn Sr. eventually, I should have asked Buzz about this, I think he'll eventually get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's I, I a, think he will. And listen, he was such a good promoter. You mentioned that oh, yeah. earlier. Yep. But he, he was an innovator with promotion. Yep. He was, did all those races at the fairgrounds for years. And like I said, he wasn't a bad driver himself, mostly before the war. But when they had the straight line runs on the beach, he did do 100 miles an hour in an Oldsmobile, and that was the first time that had ever been done. Let's touch on some uh, more results here in the last few minutes. The Xfinity boys ran at Texas on last Saturday. Christopher Bell, who's going to win the point championship, he just solidified that by his win um, in the Joe Gibbs Toyota. Ross Chastain was second. Austin Sendrick third. Brandon Jones fourth. John Hunter Nemechek was fifth. Justin Allgaier was sixth, Harrison Burton seventh, Cole Custer eighth, Jeb Burton ninth, and Ryan Sieg was tenth. Jeremy May, uh, oh, I said it again, Jeremy Mayfield. <laughs> Jeremy Clements had a miserable race. I mean, a really, really bad one for him. So uh, he um, finished, where is he? I didn't, well, I'm probably look. oh yeah, he was 28th. So that was, uh, that was a bad run for him. He was the last car running. So that was... Uh, Sounds like mechanical problems. Yeah, 52. He was 48 laps behind. So by the time I even got around to t- tuning in the race, he was... Uh, it said off by his name. So he did get back on the track and and uh, and cut a few laps. And that point standings is pretty much over with. Christopher Bell is uh, leading. Uh, Cole Custer second. Tyler Reddick third. Justin Allgaier fourth. Chase Briscoe, fifth, and we won't go any further than that. Um, Gray Galding has a, doing some quick math here, a 12-point lead over Jeremy Clements for 13th. And since 13th is the highest Jeremy can get, we would like him to finish there. Moving over to Formula One, they ran the United States Grand Prix, and I want to make a comment on this, and I didn't get around to saying it to uh, Nelson. But if you watched any of the Formula One race, it was packed. I mean, you couldn't hardly find a seat. They were on the grassy banks and everything, and that's, I mean, they got a lot of grandstands there, too, and they were all full, and uh, I don't think 190 miles away, a race going on at the same time, the stock car race, uh, I I don't think it was half full. So, I mean, I don't know what that says. Um, Maybe there's nothing to do in Austin, but, you know, I don't think it's just for the people that live in that town. It's... uh, People come from all over the world to see Formula One, and obviously, since that's the only race we have in this country, and I think Penske's even thinking about getting Formula One back at Indianapolis, and I know Miami's trying to trying to get one. I don't know of any country, and I'm sure it's probably happened, that's ever had two Formula One races in the same year, but it looks like the United States may be on the verge of that happening, because uh, I do know that Miami's trying real hard to get a Formula One race down there, and uh, not many people want it, to be honest with you. So, uh, but anyway, the results, and, you know, Valtteri Bottas uh, won it in the Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton clinched the championship. He, um, that's his seventh, his sixth championship. He's one behind uh, Michael Schumacher, who has seven, the all-time leader in championships. So, uh, at, I think, uh, I'm not sure how old, uh, Hamilton is. He's in his early 30s, but he's got plenty of time to win another championship or two. So, uh, 
Max Verstappen was third for Red Bull Racing. Roger Leclerc was fourth with uh, Ferrari. And fifth was Alexander Alban for uh, Red Bull. The Americans had a fairly unspectacular showing with uh, Roman Grosjean starting and finishing 15th. And Kevin Magnussen started 12th and finished 18th. So the point standings there are not going to change. They have one race left. But we won't be around to cover it. But we know that uh, Hamilton has clinched that championship. And that will be on December 1st at Abu Dhabi, which is in um, the United Arab Emirates. And he uh, is the, I never heard of this airways, the Etihad, E-T-I-H-A-D, Airways, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So that's coming up December 1st, and they'll be done. That's uh, my birthday. December 1st? Well, happy birthday. I can tell you that next week. Uh, so anyway, that's it for that point standings. It's not going to change very much. The trucks ran last night, and Stuart Friesen was the winner there. Uh, Brandon Jones was second. Chandler Smith was third. Ben Rhodes fourth. Grant Enfinger fifth. And uh, what did Nelson tell us about the points on that one? He said something. I don't remember what he said. But the standings are... Um, Brett Moffitt's first. I think he's pretty much got uh, a pretty strong hold on that. Ross Chastain is second. Stuart Friesen third. And Matt Crafton fourth. That's right. It comes down to those four. And the winner is the champion. So the Homestead truck race will be uh, um, probably be a pretty exciting thing to see. Sounds like it will be. Yep. And, and listen, if, if you haven't watched the truck races, they are fun to watch. They are. Uh, they let it all hang out. They really do. I watched a little of it last night until my boy came walking in with his wife. And uh, uh, after that, I didn't, didn't keep up with it anymore. Okay, on television this week, uh, we have today at 1230, shortly after we go off the air here, is Xfinity qualifying on NBCSN. That, of course, is at Phoenix. Two o'clock is uh, the cup qualifying. On NBCSN, that's from 2 to 3. And then the Xfinity race will be at 3.30 uh, on NBC, the mothership. I'll be switching back and forth, but I'm kind of interested in Alabama LSU, to be honest with you. But those will be uh, going head-to-head. And then tomorrow is the uh, at uh, 2.30 is the NASCAR Winston Cup race at Phoenix on NBC. The Mothership again, Channel 4 around here. And um, it's scheduled from 2.30 to 6. And and the Alabama LSU game you were talking about is on CBS at 3.30. That's right. So, uh, but the um, that race tomorrow is going to be probably something to see with all six guys trying to get one, trying to get one spot, Alan. I mean, that's going to... Yeah. And, uh, Conducive to some rough driving and exciting racing. Uh, yep, and uh, might be a little action after the race. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe uh, we get yep. Tony Stewart to referee it. Okay, and uh, also seen something about a little bit of the news last night that they're going to have the championship race at Phoenix next year. So how will they do that? Will they actually swap dates with? Well, you know, they got a whole wacky new schedule starting next year with uh, Indianapolis going to the Fourth of July. And uh, the the two races on the same weekend at Pocono. I mean, That's where we'll, going. we'll touch on that maybe on our last show, which will be in two weeks. Uh, but it's going to be wacky next yeah. year. 
uh, you know, Miami is an international city, and I spent 15 years in Miami. I lived down there. I met my wife there. Had uh, two kids born in Miami. And uh, it's a great place. It's an international city, though. And, uh, you know, and they, they had the luxury and the honor of having the championship race and everything. And I kind of, I hate to see it leave there. It, it's not a bad track at all, I don't think. But, I, you know, I'd even rather have it in Las Vegas. It seems like you got to have it in a glamorous place. Phoenix is not a glamorous city. It's a nice city. It's got... Uh, the climate's getting messed up with all the swimming pools and the sprinkler systems, according to... I've never heard that, but I, I guess heard. it makes sense. Yeah, well, if, if Nelson Crozier said it, it makes sense. But, um, you know, that's what's going to happen. This will be the last year it's in Miami. And, uh, you know, that was sort of like uh, when you won one of those last few races, when, when you were in the group of eight, that's what you said in Victory Lane, or, or you punched the radio going to Victory Lane and said, we're going to Miami. So, um, and that usually meant that you were going to win or, or, or you had a chance for the championship. Um, I want to talk for one second again about next week's show in the last few minutes. We're going to honor Elmo Henderson, as I said we would. Um, we're going to do an interview. I'm going to have Ronnie Nodine, um, who was an excellent historian uh, on the local history in Spartanburg in this area. He, he restored a, uh, one of Floyd Powell's cars which um, is, uh, Greg and I have seen it several times. I mean, I've seen it a lot. I remember when he was doing it. remember when he drug it back to Spartanburg from, I think it was in Sumter or someplace. And, um, uh, Alan, you look like you're dying to say something. Well, in 1958, Floyd drove one of my cars for my daddy. Is that right? Yeah. Black 82. Yeah. It was black and white. Had Rogers S.O. service station right across the top of the car. Which a lot of race cars over the years had Rogers S.O. on it. Yes, sir. Everybody don't remember Rogers S.O. station right there in the forks of Fort Church Street and uh, Ashford Ashford Highway. Highway come together right there. Yeah. I remember it very well. Pearson's uh, 59 Chevrolet, his rookie car that uh, that they bought off Jack Smith and changed it from 47 to 67 was sponsored by Rogers S.O. But anyway, I digress. We're going to do an honor of uh, Elmo Henderson next week. Ronnie knows all about him. And that's going to be, he's working on a special guest. I'm not going to say who it is because it's it's pretty iffy if we're going to get him. Uh, but Ronnie will be in the studio with us and we'll get this special guest on the phone. One way or the other, we're going to talk a lot about Elmo Henderson and uh, who passed away back on April the 15th. And then at 11, I don't know this gentleman's name. I should have written it down, but we'll, we'll know it next week. It, who is, I think he's in his 80s. And he was a flagman and had a lot to do over at Greenville Pickens Speedway and knows a lot about the history there. Of course, uh, Floyd Powell uh, won multiple championships at Greenville Pickens, as did Elmo Henderson, as did David Pearson. So uh, we owned that place for a few years. Yes, we did. Uh, Talked to Elmo whenever we was building race cars. We was actually building dirt cars up there in Elmo's shop up there. And Elmo would go in that office and he would sit back and he'd... Uh, he'd Pop that top come 12 o'clock whenever at, uh, what was his name, Paul Harvey or somebody like yeah, that used to yeah. come home? Uh-huh. With the rest of the story. With the rest of the story. But uh, Elmo was talking about one time running over at Greenville Pickens and he was running second and it was kind of dusty. And he said, I seen a white flag, but he said, got down to the first turn and 
tie rod in must have broke on the leader's car and he went through the wooden fence over there. You remember when his wooden fence oh, over there? Absolutely. Yeah. He went through the wooden fence and Elmo just followed him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, the guy got out of the car and said, what, what are you doing, Elmo? He said, well, I followed you the whole race. I might as well follow you. <laughs> you know, I heard uh, A.J. Foy say that one time. I thought it was a tremendous compliment about David Pearson. And it was a Daytona someplace. And he said, I don't care what David goes. If I'm behind him, I'm following him. I don't care if he goes to the out the tunnel. I'm, I'm right on his tail. So uh, we got a minute sure. to go. Ronnie, got anything? Football next week? Burns moving on? Burns travels to Lawrence to face the Raiders down there and that's in the second round. If they happen to win down there, there's possibility they could be back at home in two weeks. Okay. And uh um So this is this was round one of the high school playoffs. Right. Round two next week. And Clemson's got NC State today and the Gamecocks have one they better watch out for with uh, Appalachian State. My daughter. Apps, no joke. I know they aren't. And they're mad because they got beat last week and yep. they would have been in a nice ball game. What you got? Well, Ho- hope we can see you next week. But if we don't, we understand. Well, I'm, we're going to have to a little bit of practice over at Travis Rest Speedway next Friday night. And then uh, <laughs> we're going to go right back in there for Saturday. So I doubt if I'll be here. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be keeping up with you from afar. And yeah. pulling for you. Uh, absolutely. This was our Veterans Day show. Thank you to all the veterans. None of us here were veterans, but we certainly appreciate everything that they did. And, um, you know, just thank you for your service. And if you and ever, for your sacrifice. And if you ever say, I never really did anything, if you wore a uniform in the United States of America, you did something right there. So I don't care if you peel potatoes or what. Thank you for your service, all you veterans. And until next week, keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Listen to our programming anywhere on the web at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400, WSBG Spartanburg.